What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome in to episode number 17 of Bagging and Bragging. As you guys can see, I'm on the road again, coming back from Michigan State Championship. So I figured what better way to interview people than just bring them along with me. So we're going to interview Joe Neistead and Jeremy Shermerhorn today, relevant in the world of cornhole, as you've seen them on ESPN, finishing just a little short to Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain. That's why we had them on last week. Now we got these guys this week. See The second place? Yeah, you don't like <laughs> to play saying? better. You know, we get you on first. <laughs> but, I think uh, they probably getting... like a little break. Yeah, yeah. You got to have something because, I mean, they just ran right in state championships. They had a mm -hmm. good showing out there. But uh, we're getting ready for open number 10. We're going to Topeka, Kansas, which ironically should be comfortable for me because it's only an hour and a half away from my house. However, being on the road, it's a 12-hour drive back there. So it's yeah, still like another time. that very there. well. Yeah, I got to go where people want me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then uh, to go along with that, we got Super Hole number two along with Shootout number two. So if you guys tuned in to um, ACL Live yesterday, Anthony and I went over, I think it was 46 players, Mish, in one hour. So we, we covered a lot of topics, and we didn't even get to all of it. So it you should be a fun, You went for all the players? Week. No, we just put, we put together a list for open singles and then open doubles. And then we put together shootout singles and shootout doubles. And you know how we usually overlap sometimes? Yeah. Like, we just were all scattered. So we had 46 different wow. players that we talked about. Yeah. Crazy. And, uh, we, we got done within like an hour and five minutes or something like that. But It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm on the road. It, it has begun, Mish. The moving process for me to be moved out by August and into this house has begun. And I think it's a little bit more than I'm ready for. I'm not going to lie. Like the my, moving or the house? Both. Um, so I'm here, of course, there's grass needs cut. I'm already like, I don't have to deal with this in my apartment, you know? <laughs> so now here we go here. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got no time to cut the grass. So she says she's got somebody coming to cut it. And then I'm going to pack up here in a little bit. As soon as we get done recording, go to the kiddo softball game and then hop back on the road and head back towards Kansas. I'll sleep in my own bed for one day. And then we get things ready for the open. But, uh, yeah, she kind of has um, – I don't know how to say it respectfully because she might be able to hear me, but it, she has like a hoarding problem, you know. Mm. I was moving um, my dad's office. You know, he's been deceased for a couple of years now. I was moving everything out of there. I think that's where I'm going to set up my studio. I'm going to pay my buddy Cody. We're going to do like a really cool backdrop and show some love to all the sponsors and then make it look really, really cool for video purposes because – I don't really want to roll with the green screen. No offense to you, green screen people. It's not but, fun. Um, I, I'm <laughs> moving. I'm moving stuff out of there, and I find a folder. It says Wally's report cards, like from school. No. And my brother's report cards, and I'm like opening it up, and like we're talking. She's going all the way back to like middle school, bro. There is like middle okay, school I, report cards. I don't like, feel I bad. To roll. I've thrown away all of Rome so far, so I'm glad to hear. You know, he's only I in second grade. Away so. Everything like I don't care. Like Christmas cards, like I'll, I hang it on my fridge. I don't know how long you're supposed to keep them. Birthday cards, whatever. I keep them for like a week, straight to the trash after that. Same. You know, Same. there's no reason to keep this stuff. So it's going to be interesting. She's got, you know, she's been a very, very respected daycare provider for over 35 years. And matter of fact, she retired and went back to working at a daycare because I mean, like, kids love her, adults love her, parents love her, teachers love her. It's great. But, like, she's got projects for days. She's uh, bags and bags of straws and, like, felt and <laughs> tape and glue. And I'm like, what are you doing with this? She's like, it's not used. It's brand new. I'm like, okay, but, like, what are you going to do with it? You know, you're moving to Panama. You're not going to take a bag of straws and felt and stuff. <laughs> throw be, it away. Or that would be interesting. No, don't throw it away. Donate it. Donate it to other daycares. Yeah, I'm sure something. they can use it. 
Yeah, so, but it's going to be a little process trying to get her to get rid of some stuff. So I think tonight before I actually hit the road, I'm going to have to hover over her and be like, all right, I need you to explain to me why you're keeping this and what we're going to do with it going forward. Because, yeah, this house is intention. My intention is moving back here is to gut it, fix it up. Kiddo graduates high school in two years, and then I move away. She moves away. We sell the house. Everybody makes profit. We all win. Yeah. That's the plan. So you you got a job, and I remember moving my grandparents from their house into like a home. You know, so they had like a full, you know, three bedroom house into like a basically an apartment, and they held on to everything. And so yeah. do my so does my mom. She has she's like I was just going through all your stories from elementary school. I'm like, oh my god, why? So I digitize yeah. Rome stuff. I mean, that's our era though. Like so all his artwork, I send it in to archive and then they digitize it and then they throw it away. And I have a book that has all of his artwork digitized. So that I'll have to have boxes of shit everywhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, there's a, there's a solution to this. I actually even bought her a, um, it's like one of those picture frames you hang it up and then all the grandkids could just text in a picture to that. And whenever they text it in, that picture shows up on there. So whenever she ah. comes home, she'll have all these pictures of what's going on and who's relevant, no matter where they're at in the country or whatever their activity they got going on, they could all talk to her without talking to her. And it's still yeah. in the box. She's never put it up. Meanwhile, we got <laughs> probably straws. six yeah, straws and 60 picture books, man. I love her, though, man. They, they've been in this house for, you know, f since 1982. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's accumulated. I think the biggest thing um, that bothers me the most about, and we're going to actually have to start having a segment where what's bothering Wally right now or something. I don't know. It seems like every week I'm coming on here bitching about something. But uh, one thing that bothers me the most is like my dad had a treadmill for the longest time. And I was like, we should sell this treadmill hundred bucks, you know? And yeah. He had, he had this uh, scooter because whenever he couldn't walk, we get an electric scooter, battery charge was just really heavy. And we had somebody wanting to buy it for like 1500 bucks. And I was wanting to like just sell it, you know, sell it to these people who are actually going to use right. it. And they're like, no, we paid twenty five hundred for that scooter. We're not selling for fifteen hundred. <laughs> so it sits here, it sits here, sits here, sits here. And now yeah, I'm it like, makes I'm, way more money there. I'm posting for two hundred bucks. I don't care. Anybody wants an electric oh, scooter, no. come get it. I'm just getting rid of everything. So hey, someone's got to start the process over. Well, right. that's, end of that's rant. The what, that's the what's bothering. While we'll take a quick break and come back to what we want to brag about right after this. All right, Wally, you uh, you got something you want to brag cool. about, or are we cool just down. in complain mode? No, nah, we're gonna we're gonna brag, man. We're gonna brag. Okay. So, uh, first, um, how it all started. I'm gonna brag on Austin Renard and the Kill Shots Complex. Went out there. Austin was a gracious host. I mean, kept me fed, kept me uh, entertained, kept me hydrated. Did everything that I needed to to make this uh, work this last weekend. So. Bragging on Austin Renard, the friendship and the facility that he's got going on um, is top notch. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to start coming out of Kill Shots, so um, I, you're, you'll hear a lot about it later. I won't spill any of his beans for him, so I'm gonna let him do his so own the, marketing. But it's really really cool. The event was where, like, at the event was of? at the Kill Shots warehouse in Adrian, Michigan. It was okay. So yeah, it's at yeah, their actual so. warehouse. So how many lanes can fit in there? Um, I think they could probably get up to like 40 or 50 if they wanted to. I believe oh, they had big. 20. Yeah, I think they had like 28 or something like that. I'm not sure. But uh, it was really cool because I was with him, um, I think it was Friday night or Saturday night. And he was like, yeah, I got some jerseys we're printing up for our crew cup team that we're going to wear tomorrow. So he just went in there, printed up the jerseys, sewed them together, and they wore them the next day. I was like, dude, that's got to be so cool. 
That is very convenient. I was like, I would, I would run into a lot of issues where I would print bags and color coordinate my jersey with it and just go throw it the next <laughs> day like it's not an issue. So, yeah. He's young too, right? Austin's pretty yeah. young. Yeah, a lot younger for than me, so I don't know. For having this very established business, very impressive. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But then, uh, again, just going right into the Michigan players, man. Uh, everyone gracious came up to me, shook my hand, introduced themselves. I, I get this quite a bit, and I feel guilty for not remembering names and uh, putting names with faces sometimes. Um, so they're like, hey, remember, my name's uh, Tom, and, you know, I talked to you like seven live feeds ago for two minutes. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. I forgot who you are, but uh, definitely appreciate all the love, and um, the airmail show was on. I mean, Michigan mm -hmm. saying, where are you from? So everybody out what? there in Michigan. what they do. Yeah, they like to shoot that airmail, and they lived up to the hype. But uh, Danielle Luna had us out for a blind draw at One-Eyed Jacks on Wednesday. And then uh, went to Austin Kill Shots uh, blind draw on Thursday, and your boy is uh, cashing both times. So what does that yeah. mean? What did you get? I got second place in the blind draw on Thursday. It was kind of a small blind draw. I threw okay. decently well. Um, the guy who won it, he was the walker, so he kind of got in the groove. And he he was throwing lights out. He he earned it. Um, and then at Daniela's on Wednesday, uh, yeah, hard carry. Uh, I was in first place by like 18 points. We were doing swap, and I think I was the 23rd highest PPR with a 6.05. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah. not bragging about Wally's PPR. Not right bragging now. about me throwing. <laughs> I'm just bragging about me cashing. So. <laughs> yeah, oh man! Funny. Hey, I can't I, laugh because I threw last week my friend, my best friend that I don't ever get to play with because she always stays home with the kids but it was spring break so she came out and was a BYLP so we played together mm. in one of our games I threw a 3.5 a 3.5 how do you even throw a 3.5 I don't even you this is accidentally crazy. hit one in the hole or somebody knocked you in by mistake I mean <laughs> it was so bad I'm sure she's like why did I team up with you on the one night I can play <laughs> like I All swear right, so I yeah, never throw this bad. We're going to stick you as a sideline reporter, keep you there, and then we're going to stick <laughs> me in front row on the live feeds on ESPN. I guess that's where we belong. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I felt really – she threw so much better than, than me, and she hardly ever plays. It was that's, horrible. That's, that's hard busy. to deal with, too. You feel guilty. <laughs> I know. I, I felt bad. I didn't care, but – I felt bad, too, because uh, I was in first place, and we were winning the match, and I was like, okay, we're at 12, you know. I told a Michigan player to lay up on the board, and I think he was kind of like happy to be my partner, so he listened to me and laid up. And then we didn't score another point after that. The very next <laughs> round, I threw a one, Mish. <laughs> so the Michigan cornhole gods were against me after that point. Whenever I told yeah, like, to like, like just let us do our thing. Can you just stay yeah. out of it? <laughs> Mind your business. Yeah, exactly. And last little piece I got to brag on, man, the kiddo. They had a game, and the team wasn't very good, but uh, they had a combined no-hitter for their awesome. team. I think they won like 18 to nothing or something like Whoa. that. So, yeah, bragging on the kiddo softball. Matter of fact, when we get done here, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch her play today. Um, I wanted to watch her play tomorrow, but it's just no time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I was going to bring up. My son is uh, in jujitsu. He's going to be eight in uh, just a uh, well, like less than 10 days, but, um, he's going to get his gray belt today. So he's nice. that's the deal. Yeah. So he's been working hard. He's been doing jujitsu for a little over a year. Um, so the gray belt is a big 
deal. So I know he's pretty Is this sucked. the first step up or is this his third belt or where are we at? What's the um, so they give him stripes. So he's a four stripe. He's a white belt with four stripes. Um, okay. But this will be the first belt change that he'll have. Yeah. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so excited for him. He's super into it. You know, he goes four days a week, and then they have open mat on Saturdays, and he wants to always go to that too. So he's sometimes practicing five days a week. Um, and, of course, he's the smallest one. <laughs> so he's like, Mom, everyone's so much bigger than me. And I was like, yeah, Rome, well. Good. Good. Be the underdog. Yeah. Everyone loves the underdog. Well, it just sucks because they can just lay on him. I mean, they're, yeah. they're like double his weight. So, you know, he's like I mean, not even 50 pounds. Royce Gracie was one of the best uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighters ever, and he was a little guy. I'll never forget watching him when I was younger, and they had like no weight divisions. He was taking people on five times the size and submitting them. So that's gonna have Don't to let... be wrong because he doesn't yeah. have anyone in his weight class, so <laughs> he's just gonna always fight bigger. <laughs> yeah, but no, he loves it. So I'm proud of him and the work he puts in, and he's very focused and takes it serious. So it's cool to watch his baseball okay. game. However, he. <laughs> So in, in baseball, when you're seven and eight years old, they do half the season or not even half, but the first like few games, the coaches pitch, then okay. they switch to the kids pitching. So and what age group? I think oh. it's, uh, he, he's eight. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just this, then they go to like, I don't know, something yeah. else. But so he had his first baseball game on Friday where the kids were pitching and he just swings at everything. It's like almost on the ground. He's swinging. I'm like, oh my God, Rome, don't <laughs> swing at everything. Just wait for the ball to be in a good spot. And he like, he had, I think two at bats or he just three strikes and out, but they weren't strikes. They weren't even close. Yeah. There's no way he could have hit them. And then finally his last at bat, he waits. And I was like, even though, so he finally hits the ball, he hits it right to the first baseman and gets out. But I was like, Hey, you, you didn't hit every ball. So we're going to call this progress. Yeah. <laughs> he's not really into baseball that much. That's for sure. That's right. You never know. I mean, sometimes that clicks later. Like I'll never forget my buddy. He didn't really have any interest playing. He decided to hop in, in uh, high school and made the all American team and took my spot and put me on the what bench. The and I was like, this is cool, man. Like, <laughs> Like we're getting ready to go into college and he's just got a free ride wherever he wants. And he's like, nah, man, it was fun, but I just didn't really enjoy it. So like he took all the playing <laughs> time to decline the college scholarship. And I'm just like sitting on the bench, like, bro, like must be nice. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to toss it aside. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, if I was better than him, then I would have been offered the position anyway. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. it was just me being salty for no reason, but I don't think it's no reason. I think that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Kiddo, well, Kiddo got her license yesterday. What? Mm-hmm. So That's a big deal. A driver. She drove over here yesterday, and uh, I was like, "All right, here you go." Like I handed to her, shaking. Like, here's your credit card for gas. Like, <laughs> you know, be responsible. Be oh, safe. Oh man, that's a big deal. I don't yeah. even want to think about that. I there's no way I can teach my child to drive. I will be horrible. I'm a backseat driver for good drivers. I can't even imagine. That's not going to be a good I'm, situation. I'm proud of her. She'll be okay. She'll be good. All right, good. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with our guests right after this. So it is our interview portion of the show. And as Wally said, we wanted to bring on some of our Michigan players. Uh, you may remember them from the broadcast if you watch that. And uh, they were the entertaining duo. Um, they were entertaining all day, right, Wally? Aren't they on your court? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, well, at the end, you're talking about uh, the national one or Michigan? Yeah. National, national one. No, I believe they're on court two. Oh, but you, yeah. so you just had them for the finals. Yeah. Yeah. We heard them in our background the whole time. 
But we had uh, Franklin and Dylan Turpin come out of our bracket. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. The hugging duo, Jeremy Shermerhorn and Joe Neistead. Here they are. I'm loving. I love the hugs, guys. So many hugs. What's up? The hugging duo. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I saw it several times. Timeouts for hugs. I mean, we need a shirt. It's got to be done. Yeah, it was was funny. It was fun. (laughs) Misha's monetizing your guys' accomplishments and helping. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you what to hand out to the people in the stands. That's all I'm saying. What's your team name? You need to have like a team name. Hashtag whatever. Hugging duo. J twenty two. J twenty two. Because our last names are so long. It's like twenty two letters. Long. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go. I almost kept you guys off of the ACL live because I get tired of copying and pasting your guys' name <laughs> and then having to resize it to fit in that little rectangle. That <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every single time. Luckily, your name's Joe, so it fits in. That is such a good point. And I have had to write your names a million times. And Joe, your name specifically always gets me when I'm writing the blog. I'm like, this stupid last name. How do you spell it? Long German last name. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right, guys. So against the rules, Mish, if they break out like a t-shirt cannon in the middle of one of their matches or something. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You got to be be more discreet. Like right before the match, like just the front row, hand them all your your uh, branded shirts and then there you go. Good to go. Um, but no, it was an awesome job you guys did at the national um, Joe. I put in the blog, you almost made it in both singles and doubles. So what an incredible first national for you. Um, Jeremy Shermerhorn made it on Jersey shore. Huge accomplishment. Uh, they butchered <laughs> your name a little bit, but you made it. Yeah. Shermerhorn. Yeah. That's for <laughs> editing purposes only. They had to do that for ratings. <laughs> I think she learned that from Josh Kett. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, um, how, how, uh, Joe, how do you think that first national went for you? Or what did kind of, what's kind of your thoughts now getting back from that? Oh, it was awesome. It was, I mean, it was my birthday weekend. I had fun. Um, uh, we played it like super loose. Um, and to, to make it as far as I did um, was, was just a, and even better, not not surprised. I knew I had it in me, but like it was, uh, it was it was really nice to make it uh, that far. And that was kind of one of the things that was brought up was, you know, did you guys play too loose? I mean, obviously it worked for you throughout the day to get you to the broadcast. But what are your thoughts looking back now? Would you change anything? So our our uh, our uh, our mentality going into it was, you know, let's just have fun. Um, whatever happens, happens. And we, you know, we were, we were talking smack, having all this fun. And then we started winning games. And then, uh, and then, I mean, we got, we got to like the bracket finals and we were almost like looking at each other, like, all right, we're actually like onto something here. Like we're, we're beating these teams. We're kind of throwing people off. Like, like this is, this is actually like, we're onto something. And then we almost, you know, we made it onto ESPN. We're like, Oh my gosh, we're just having fun. We're messing around. <laughs> we're almost <laughs> about to win this thing. Like this is insane. And uh yeah, it was just it was fun. It was fun. That's that's the best way I could describe it. Um and that's hopefully what we're going to the, the plan going into all of them, you know, not not stress about, you know, where we place or what happens. We're just going to go in with a, a hopefully a loose mindset and and take some of the pressure off. Mhm. 
Yeah, I think for the most part, it wasn't even about you guys hyping each other up or kind of firing up or just rolling around with it. I think it just caught everyone off guard. I mean, I, I remember one time we were commentating a match, and I, I was just pushing the buttons at this point, letting them commentate, and I and I heard you say something. I'm like, that sounds like Joe's voice, but, like, it's louder. And I turn around, and you're just kind of shooting down, and then Jeremy's on the other end doing the heart knuckles, and it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, like, was, what the heck is going on? I pulled up the bracket. Was, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these boys are deep. Yeah. There was some uh, some some fuel that uh, that helped me out, but uh, yeah. <laughs> hey. Some social sauces, yeah. I would say. Some aiming fuel. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But Jeremy, how about for you looking back at the day, how you guys played? Do you think that the strategy needs to change when you get to the actual broadcast? Or do you think that that will work all the way through? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably played a little bit too aggressive, not really knowing, you know, his full functionality at that moment in time um i kind of had an idea but i told him i was like look man we made it here we goofed off but we did take it serious but we just stayed loose and i was like why change now like why if we get too serious we're probably gonna make mistakes i mean obviously we made mistakes with a few air mails i probably called up two air mills in a row that probably shouldn't have but i mean it is what it is we, like, like joe said we had fun all day and we made it to the broadcast, the final two. And why change that? Why, why change that going into that finals? And why change that the rest of the season? It worked. Let's keep going. We I feel like what, what, what kind of hurt us was oh. No, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say I feel like what kind of hurt us was you know the the two hour break in between and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of kind of losing losing some of that mojo and some you know. Not really able to. Uh, I shouldn't say not able to, but we didn't really prepare the same way we were. We were coming into all the other games, you know, staying warm, uh, staying in rhythm. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it kind of might have might have played a little bit of effect to you know to the outcome. But yeah, that makes think, sense. Uh, and what an easy fix, right? Yeah. yeah, I think Justin Burton Jr. being on fire and Logan Chamberlain stepping his game up in doubles kind of hurt you guys a little bit too. So yeah, and it, you know, Maybe Burton Burton was able to. <laughs> he stayed on the same side, got used to the boards, played two games before, yeah. stuck with the same bags. We come in, we have to change bags, and, you know, the boards are playing completely different. We're coming in cold. We go down and back, and they're like, all right, ready, action. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, so oh. I feel like that, that might have played a, a little bit of a effect. Well, welcome to the dissection table. Misha's going to break your guys' game apart and try and figure out how to tell everyone just play loose and relax and get back to having fun and stop stressing so much because this is kind of her thing. But uh, I did see a little bit of chink in the armor, though, whenever you guys were in Michigan this last week. And I believe there was one moment where uh, I think Jeremy was walking to the board and Joe was trying to shoot an important shot and it caught him off guard. So, you know, Jeremy, you're a little bit more loose than Joe is in some regards. So when, when do you guys have the mix of, okay, serious time, fun time, or what are we, we going to do there? I was trying to catch his attention. If you're talking about the singles match against Jaden. No, no, I it, was, it was in doubles. It was in doubles. You oh, were doubles? Up, yeah, and he was like, he's like, don't walk up to the ball I'm throwing or something oh, like that. And I think yeah, he was no, serious was, on his end. I was just – it was, it was so hot in the building. I could yeah. I was just like frustrated. I was like, it's like a hundred degrees in here. I can barely breathe, let alone, you yeah. know, 
So you guys can keep so. it fun no matter what going forward, huh? Until yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to have fun when it's like, you know, 95% humidity and I'm sitting there sweating. I'm drenched. I'm like, I just want to get through this game and go outside. And you're sticky as hell. Can't yeah, touch, yeah. Can't so, get rid of the bag right. Yeah. We, we, we're going to try and stay loose, but, you know, when when uh, when we can. No, you only That's got one nightmare, birthday. By the you're way. Fine. Actually, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. when's your birthday? Is it already over or in season still? 21st of December. Oh, yeah, you're good. Oh, you guys are good. Okay. Birthday's out of the way. Time to play serious now. <laughs> no, I mean, like you said, why would you change something that worked? You know, your points are valid that you did have to wait quite a while before you played on the broadcast. You lost some of your, mom- some of your momentum. And you also threw against Burton, who was you know, just rolling through games. I mean, he had no no real break. So I think those are all valid points. And I don't think it's enough to say change what you're doing. You know, like the the are they too loose comment. Um, there's too many other variables that change to say that that would need to change, it looks like, um, from my perspective. But, you know, Justin Burton Jr. being kind of the opposite. You know, we did his interview that morning and he was like, I'm 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 the best. I'm gonna do this. Like he was so serious. I I hold myself to really high expectations, and like that works too, right? So I think it's cool to see the two styles and how they both can get you to the top. But which one's more fun? We'll have to find yeah, out. We'll take yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I I take the game like really seriously, but I feel like putting all that pressure on me added like so much more pressure like deep into tournaments, and then it's like. Um, like, I'm like, all right, I should win this game, or I should be up, or I should be making these bags. And then when I do miss the bags, then it, like, it just intensifies everything and it causes, like, frustration and aggravation and, and all of this. Whereas if I stay loose, it's like, all right, if I miss a bag, whatever, I'll come back and we'll, we'll clean it up, so. No, I totally agree with that. I want to learn more yeah. about that in just a second. We'll take a quick, take a quick break and come back right after this. Awesome. Joe, you were just talking about how, um, you know, staying loose and taking the pressure off allows you to play better. And there's a lot of actually science that supports that theory. So I think that's a really good point. Um, is, are there any other ways in which you relieve the pressure um, that you could potentially put on yourself or that others are putting on themselves? Um, so I, I analyze the game. I, I have so many techniques that I actually use. Um, so like a lot of people, a lot of the guys laugh at me too, but I actually do like breathing techniques. So there's mm-hmm. like a breathing technique that I can do that like slows my heart rate. And then there's a breathing technique that I can do that like increases my heart rate. Um, and like if I'm, I'm feeling too low or if it's in the morning, I'll do, you know, whatever that, you know, the, uh, the fire or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah kind of, kind of start the adrenaline. But, That's yeah. so cool. As a yoga teacher, that makes me very happy and excited. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, are you doing any of this? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I could tell by yeah. your face. <laughs> Jeremy's doing yoga and Zumba before the tournament. Like it's Zumba. I, I yeah. definitely pegged you as a Zumba guy. Yeah, he's got to get the heart rate. So. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, going back uh, to the off-season real quick, you guys obviously have a vibe now. But what type of, And you guys are from the same area. So what type of... Uh, situations led up to you guys deciding to pair up this season um he reached out to me i want to say may april or may june ish and just asked me what i thought about you know partners or what if i had any idea what i was going to do next year and i said honestly I, I i never thought about it because i've never 
thought I'd have that opportunity to, you know, leave Derek, but him and I were just going to, you know, ride it out. So whenever one of us says, I'm done playing, I don't have, I don't have fun. But after I won that Arizona open and continued that hot streak, you know, into worlds, you know, it just kind of clicked like, okay, maybe we would have something if him and I teamed up. Cause you know, he was coming off a pretty solid rookie season too. So I talked to a few people, Jordan Power being one of them, and, you know, he basically said, dude, you'd be dumb not to do it. So, you know, I was going through some personal stuff, and it just sucks because it was like me and Derek are boys. Like, we've been doing this thing for three years. Just, you know, first time ever on a pro national together, we were ESPN Final Four, and then we just won the USA Cornwall. So it's like, damn, it's hard. <laughs> so, um, I obviously made the decision to go with Joe and yeah, I just yeah, I forgot about that. Was that uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Just there, just there that Good stuff. That is, that is so tough. I mean, we're seeing a lot of partner swaps happening right now, right? Some big ones happening. And I, I can imagine it must be so hard to wait, you know, weigh out the, like, this is someone that I care about and, and I'm friends with, and this is what's best for my career. You know, like it's kind of an impossible situation to come out clean in. Uh, like, so I can, I can empathize with that. Yeah. You know, that was the main argument too, is like everyone kept saying, dude, it's a business. Like it's turning into a real business. You got to look out for yourself. Like Derek will understand eventually, like it might be hard at first and, but you got to do what you got to do is best for you. And I mean, you look back at it, it, it was rough at first, but me and Derek, we're, we're, we're as good as new. Like, we're, we're as good as we were when we partnered up. Yeah. It's all temporary. It's just a game, folks. It's just a game. Well, it is, but it's also a business. Yeah, yeah. Like a game and a said. business. business game. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of validity to looking at what's going to best support your business, right? Nobody likes to fire people or break up with people, <laughs> but <laughs> you sometimes have to. Um, all right. What about going into, are you guys going to the shootout, uh, Topeka? Okay. Mm -hmm. Any um, strategy with that, you know, being 10 rounds, anything that would change for you? Don't miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun. It's all right. Just have fun. Yeah, that same strategy. <laughs> don't miss. That's the advice. Hey, the, you know, all you have to do is just not miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys don't change it up, though, strategy-wise, as far as, like, trying to force an error or maybe take a riskier shot or not take a riskier shot? You just play the same game, whatever comes up, or how does this work? It, de it depends on who I'm playing. It depends on who I'm playing. So, like, if I'm playing somebody, you know, that, that's got, like, an elite roll or an elite airmail, no, I'm probably not going to block them. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing someone that's, uh, you know, playing with a looser bag and they like to go just straight down the middle or if they might have a little kick in their bag. All right. You know, I might, might block them at all. It, it, it all just depends on the, the situation. And, you know, obviously, you know, the board, the climate, how the, how the bags are playing. Um, and just, just the day, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. Obviously the board conditions are going to play into this as well. I don't know what it's going to be like in uh, Topeka, but um, going to the next national, anything that you guys are doing to prepare differently or even prepare the same, any preparation going into that one? I'm not even really thinking about it right now because I don't want to stress myself out. <laughs> we, we've been on a five weekend bender and I'm just, I can't wait till it's done. So we can just break out for a little bit. 
It's not going to stop, bro. It's nonstop. I mean, yeah, we got three and a half week break after Topeka, and I just can't wait. So we're just going nice. to chill out, you know, practice at home. Week and a half before the Nationals, and we're going to take it. Now I'm going to take it more serious and start thinking about it. Yeah, I keep thinking every schedule I am. I got nine weeks in a row of this crap. I've been uh, I've been going to the gym to prepare. I've been I, I've actually been doing a lot of cardio to try and get through these events. Like it's 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 exhausting after like three days. And I told myself this year, um, since I felt like last year I lost some events, like just just because I was so out of gas and like I was just flat out got tired and I started missing. Um, that that I wasn't gonna let that happen this year. So um, yeah, I've been I've been running, working out. Um, and just trying to prepare my, my body for these days. It's the body, yes, but it's also like mentally exhausting having to focus for that long. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like exercising helps both, honestly. Um, but yeah. That, that makes sense. Have you tried like meditation? You talked about breathing techniques. Have you tried meditation techniques or anything like that? Um, I do some, some, like on my off days, I'll do. Um, I'll do some meditation, but, but not, not too much, not as much as, as exercising. Yeah. I think it's great though. Focusing on your wellness. Switching switching gears a little bit and going to teams. You guys, uh, obviously had a big blockbuster off season trade, getting rid of two players to pick up Jeremy Shimmerhorn. I know you guys, strategy was to have as many pro teams together as possible. Now that we're one national in, do you see, the execution of that trade paying off, or do you still think there's some tweaking to do? Maybe some more moves to make with all these <laughs> ads and drops so, going on. So a lot of that trade was, um, well, A, a I wanted Shermerhorn uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with them. But um, B, um, Broden was hot. Broden, Broden was really good. He's playing good. I think we drafted him in like the 11th round. And, you know, I was uh, it, it was painful to, to sit him. Um, cause I know like how good the kid is. I've, I've played against him at regionals. I've played against him at, um, uh, like locals. And I know that kid can, can shoot 10 fives and, and roll and he can airmail and he's got all these weapons. Um, and I wanted to, to start him. And then I wanted obviously Shermerhorn on the team too. Um, and I, I, I felt like that was the right move with who we had on the bench to, to kind of move them up. So it wasn't just like, all right, straight value, like, all right, these two players are worth Jeremy. It was like, all right, I wanted to bring up Broden too. Um, and I, I felt like we had so much so much talent on the team that, um, like, to trade somebody that I got in the fifth, and I think it was fifth and sixth round for somebody, you know, that's that, that got off the board in the third. Um, I thought, you know, to put us as a team together in teams would be would be uh, a good idea. Um, but at the same time, I feel like in the in the first national, um, like our first three games, um, a lot of our players I feel like kind of got nervous up on the broadcast stage. Um, we lost like the first three straight. We got smoked, and I think it uh, it kind of set like a bad tone um, for the for the weekend, and then. Um, you know, uh, I, I think once once we um, once we get everything figured out, um, I think we'll we'll be a, a team to beat for sure. We got there's just way too much talent on the team. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. I wouldn't have thought of that until you just said that, but your mentally tough people need to be probably towards the end because they can handle if you're down three games, you know, it won't necessarily get them down. Whereas people who don't necessarily practice that as much, that might really impact them negatively. Yeah. And, and even then, like, like we just, we have a lot, we have a lot of talent on the team that, that didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't play to, to the way that I know that they can play. And I, I think if, if they played a, you know, three quarters of, of what they're capable of. I think we, we win a lot more games. Yeah. Well, you got that first broadcast out of the way and now they can kind of shake it off and say, okay, yeah. now I know what that feels like. And moving forward, I think that, that you're right, that that'll show up to be a lot more successful. Yeah. Unfortunately guys, we are out of time. Um, it has been so much fun getting to spend some time with the two of you. We look forward to seeing you in Topeka in just a few days and good luck. Um, there and but like I said we appreciate the entertainment value but we were on a, the production meeting um, that this this week and last week and they said hey those guys were great like <laughs> we, those guys need to be on the broadcast more often they were super entertaining so I so way to bring agree. that aspect to cornhole <laughs> we appreciate it <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for your time and uh, we'll see you soon <laughs> all right boys. Wally, it is time for the odds. Lines. Lines. <laughs> I thought you were going to say highlights. I was like, no. No, I, wasn't. I was just trying to think of what word I was going to say. Odds, I was going to say lines, I was going to say bets, and nothing uh, came out. <laughs> yeah. I just sat there and thought about it. Uh, but no, there. Uh, we've got some odds to look at or some lines to look at for this coming up uh, event. You want to bring up the first one? Yeah. Okay. So, let me click over here real quick. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start with the singles. Um, so we got the pro shootout number two, men's odds out. Starting things off again, Mark Richards at plus 350. I sense a common theme here, you know? Yeah, um, but he's never won. I mean, I, I honestly don't like that because he's not won. That's what I was going to say. It's like it's kind of weird that he's the odd-on favorite, yet he still doesn't have a pro shootout championship. So Yeah. We'll see, but That's of course, Green and Justin Burton Jr., he's the hottest player going on right now. He's at plus 350, then Matt Guy at 600, and Josh Holland at 600 are your top four. So I don't uh, I don't like any of those, to be honest. I uh, Matt Guy and Mark Richards struggle in the singles round limited. Josh Holland isn't doing his best right now, and Justin Burton Jr., we just don't even know. I am all in on Matt Guy for some reason. I just have it in my bones telling me this is Matt Guy's weekend in Topeka. Okay. I do need to get some inside information and find out if he's going to have some of the social sauce and aiming fuel that we've been talking about. <laughs> he did have that post where it's kind of like there's two different yeah, versions of Matt Guy. All the comparison. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, Devin Harbaugh was just ridiculous in that matchup. He defeated Matt Guy. Other yeah. than that, I think Matt oh, Guy yeah. was very, very impressive in singles. Um, I like his game evolving this season. We talked about it a lot last year, how it's kind of two-dimensional. I see a third dimension and a little bit more strategy coming into play. The fact that he's telling me that he's trying to play without drinking so much tells me that he's he's listening to the environment and things that aren't working, and he's making mm -hmm. tweaks. And that's yeah. that's one thing where I was like, okay, Matt guy's just stubborn. He's just gonna he's he's almost trying sure. to win by shooting airmails only because he can. He wants to prove a point. Right now, now I feel like it. Okay, Matt Guy is back to being a well-rounded top player. I got him at number eleven in my rankings. 
you know, hopefully uh, he, he does things a little bit differently and that might make me move him in top 10 of power rankings. But you okay. see our boy Joe Neistead right there at plus 2,000 and Jeremy Shimmerhorn at the bottom of the right there at 2,800. And then uh, one of the hot topics to discuss this week, Nico Morales at plus 3,000. What do you think about these gentlemen? I think that any of those are good bets, but my favorite is Ryan Smith at 900 because Ryan Smith loves the round limited format. He's proven to be successful in it. I think that's a lock. A lock, she says. Ooh, okay. I did like Ryan Smith. Um, I, I felt like he's almost turned to a doubles path with Ryan Weedfeld a little bit. It seems like they're just lights out in doubles. And then singles, they kind of disappear a little bit. Um, but I'm going to stick with my same strategy. If you guys listened to us last week, we basically, or I basically said, take one person to the top, figure out where to hedge your bets elsewhere. Last week, I believe it was Alex Rawls at plus 400. So whenever I took Justin Burton Jr., you know, I would have actually made a lot of money off of that based on my strategy. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking right there. I'm going with Matt Guy plus 600. I do like the value there in the middle. You see Alan Rawls at plus 2,500. Somewhere around there. I don't care who you guys like. If you're taking my strategy into play, I would stay right around that mid-mark, around the 2,000, 2,500 range. Um, I will go ahead and take Joe Neistat out of that. And, and then I'm going to go for my two home run hitters on the next slide. So going to page number two, one of my home run hitters I'm going with is a man who led basically every statistical category. Dylan Turpin at plus 3000, mm-hmm. I think is phenomenal value. Um, I, I just was very, very impressed with what I saw out of Dylan Turpin and even Derek Holland underneath him. But uh, Dylan Turpin would be my third bet. And then my fourth bet. It's always hard to go with your heart. You're not supposed to do it in gambling, but Jeremy Frazier's been on a tear. He's finally on the betting board. Seems like we petitioned enough to get him here at plus 45. So out of this list of gentlemen, Mish, what do you think? Derek Holland has been playing phenomenal. So I love him plus 3,000. Dylan Turpin as well. The only thing I'll say about Dylan Turpin is he didn't do so well in the teams event on the broadcast. That was round limited. That was on... TV. So that makes me a little bit nervous because he played phenomenal off the broadcast court in a, you know, to 21 kind of game. Um, So that part makes me a little bit nervous. uh, Whereas Derek Holland, I have a little bit more confidence in, in this specific format. Okay. Okay. And then uh, rounding at the bottom, your high value bets, we got uh, Eric Zockline, Chris Kingsbury, Jacob Foreman and Josh Thielen. All over 5,000. I'm not really interested in any of those as far as the formats. If anything, maybe Chris Kingsbury. We've seen him turn it on a couple times in singles. Mm-hmm. But but as far as hitting the home run in men's singles, I'm going to kind of stay away from that one. Yeah. All right. Heading over to the women's side. There's really not too many women signed up for the shootout. So, I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. I think there's 17 or 20 You've got or something some great like odds right now if you're a female playing in the shootout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is the one to go to. We kind of talked about it last year as far as, like, travel restrictions. You know, like, okay, you might want to go all the way out west or something like that. But this is Topeka, Kansas. This is right in the center of the country. I mm-hmm. figured they'd have a lot more people come out to this one. But um, obviously the yeah. top female right now, other than Cheyenne, has been Rosie Streaker. She's coming in at plus 300. She had the women's division at the – hundred. One name you might notice is missing off of this list, Isabella Soprenant. Too young. Too young. Can't bet on her. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why that is. So for this right here, I'm going to kind of keep the same strategy, but I'm going to chop it in half since there's like half the field. 
I am going to take Rosie Streak at the plus 300 just because I don't see anybody beating her right now. She's right. at the top of her game. Her and Samantha Finley just dominant in doubles. Um, ran into Justin Burton Jr., Logan Chamberlain, and had them on the ropes. Um, ultimately lost that match. But um, Rosie Streak and Samantha Finley is someone to look out for. And then, um, so once I'm betting Rosie, I'm going to go for my home run. I like Courtney Coy at plus 2,000. I do feel like, uh, you know, she's got good value there. And she I like Daniela Luna. Uh, mostly, you know, we've seen Daniela also play mm-hmm. on a broadcast successfully with Mark Richards and co-ed and win. Uh, when she was playing at Worlds, she was playing at the top of her game. So I know she can handle it. Um, and at plus 1,500, I think that would be a great place to put your bet. But yeah, I agree with Rosie. I think uh, I think Rosie's winning. I do. I, I did pick uh, Bella in my hot take because I think Bella can do it. I know she's not on here for betting purposes, but, um, you know, I think and that's a hot take, right? I think the cold take is Rosie. Yeah, I think it was Lalu or Danielle Luna and Miranda Coy, right? On the shootout broadcast. Was it Fort Worth? Don't remember. Pretty, pretty sure they played against each other and Miranda Coy took that one down. So, yeah, Miranda and Daniela both have broadcast experience there. All right, switching over to doubles, leading things off with Matt Guy and Jamie Graham at plus 400, Mark Richards, Philip Lopez plus 400 as well, Chamberlain and Burton Jr. 500, and then Brett Guy and Eric Davis at 650. Let's go ahead and start with those top four teams, Mish. Well, I mean, I think you got to go Brett Guy and Eric Davis based on their track record. Yeah, this is their thing. This, this is their thing. thing. So they got eight different opportunities to get in. I believe um, the two years in a row. Now they've taken down the championship. They know how to play this, whatever it is. Anthony and I were talking about, we don't know what it is, but the communication, the shots, they just seem to have this click. And so obviously coming at plus plus six they they'll probably be a high favorite the rest of the season. If they don't um, take this one down, but um, they are going to be my hedge bet at the top at plus six fifty. Um, I, I am going to kind of go with a weird one here. I, I like, for some reason, no Almanza and Hunter Thorne at plus 2,000. Yeah, I was looking at that one, too. I, I just feel like they have the right amount of composure to be able to pull off this 10-round format and go on a run. So I am going to go ahead and take three shots here. One's going to be Brett Guy, Eric Davis. The other one's going to be Noel Almanza and Hunter Thorne. And well, I, I like Boomenheim and, and Maudlin here. Find you know, find a way, Frank. He finds his way to a win. Cheyenne, obviously, a very consistent down-the-middle um you know, I think it's very feasible that she gets all her bags in. Like, it's not out of the question. <laughs> like, you know, I you was don't have to- just not that thrilled with what I saw out of them in doubles, though, at national number one. So, well, I, I, I asked her about see that. Click a little bit more. Yeah, I asked her about that. I said, "What happened?" And um, she said that the they had no time between teams and doubles at all, yeah. and they uh, the boards were playing. I can't, can't remember if they were playing too sticky or too fast, but they didn't have a chance to even figure out what bags to throw. So that's what happened there. So that I, I have still have full confidence. All right. Well, we will see. My third pick on this sheet, I'm going to go with Matthew Trox and Carson Getty at plus 4,500. Um, it didn't look like the broadcast phased them at all. Um, ESPN highlights, main broadcast court highlights. I felt like they were in charge of their game for the most part. If they, they've had great communication the entire season. I feel like they could pull off an upset. Um, who do you like on this list, though, from the bottom pair? I'm 100% staying away from Nico and Tom. I know. Yeah, agreed. Um, man, I I really like the Cobbs. Uh, you know, Tubby playing very well right now. Uh, Tice can play just as well. Uh, Four thousand. I think I would. I think I'd go with them. 
Okay. Yeah, Tice was on the struggle bus a little bit. The national tubby's been on fire. But speaking of the Cobbs, it takes us into the last portion here. We get a chance to bet on outright winner for the Super Bowl number two. We got Lori Doolin and Deion Dawkins at plus 170. Tice Cobb and Tyler Medikevich at plus 220. Tubby Cobb and Tim Settle Jr. at 210. And Miranda Coy and Jordan Poirier at plus 450. <laughs> this is pretty similar to how we talked about last time. Don't really have any inside information on these athletes as far as who throws what. So I'm going to bet on the player. And the one I'm going to bet on is going to be Lori Duell because I feel like she is going to be the one person that's going to wrangle in these athletes with her with her attitude and composure. And she's going to boss Deion Dawkins into putting bags in the hole. Uh, I feel like Tubby and Tice, these are just, they're just going to have so much fun. So I'm, I'm going to kind of stay yeah. away from that one. I agree. And, and Lori Duell, I mean, and Deion Dawkins has played in the Super Bowl before, so he has that experience. But I did find out that the Bills do have boards um, there, so they are playing regularly. So you never know how that's going to go. I mean, it's really like Dion is definitely the one, uh, the leader of that since he's done it before. Um, but that could go any way. I mean, we yeah. saw um, some surprising things in the last Super Bowl. <laughs> we thought, you know, certain people had it on lock and. Yeah, it's not you what have, happened. You have you no idea know. how many inbox messages I have asking me why there's no Kansas City Chiefs players in this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we went with um, you know, we went with their rivals. I guess you could say, right? Yeah, the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that is all we have time for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.